Welcome to Chat Art, the show where visual art and Chattanooga, Tennessee meet. This is the place to get an insider's view of the artist's life. Join us for artist interviews, sit in on gallery artist talks, and get news about upcoming events in the Chattanooga area. Join us as we chat about some art. So this is the very first episode of the Chat Art Podcast. And for our first interview, I had to find someone very special for you guys. I had to find a Chattanooga original, someone born and raised here, someone unlike anyone else. And my thoughts immediately flew to Cat Collier Martinez. You can find her at catcolliermartinez.com. And that's also her Instagram handle, Cat Collier Martinez. She's an extraordinary mixed media artist, illustrator, and interior designer, and she has made a mark on this town for sure. You may have seen her work beautifying a public fence on the south side, or featured at Four Bridges Arts Festival, and um, her work was also featured on the cover of Paper Quilts, which is a book all about um, making collage quilts out of paper. Most recently, she's been up on ladders painting um, golden geometric patterns for her interior design clients. Now, what I think makes Kat's work so special is that it seems to grow out of her just really unique, her super charming approach to life itself. Um, Every part of her art comes from a world that's just kind of brimming with colors and textures And it just, it looks like her home. It looks like who she is. It's kind of this sort of magical world full of collections of vintage treasures and handmade paper decorations and monster house plants that seem to just come alive in color and texture. It's kind of like a party in a mid-century modern solarium or something. It's just so authentically cat, like nothing else you've ever seen. So without further ado, the one of a kind, Cat Collier Martinez, in her own words. All right, Cat, welcome to the show. Welcome to Chat Art. Thanks, Chad. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Yay! I'm excited we got to do it, finally. Yes. Yeah, we've talked about it for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your background because I believe you are a actual native Chattanoogan. I am. Born, raised here. Yes, I was born and raised in Chattanooga. Born and raised in Chattanooga. I know. It's home. It is home. You know, Chattanooga was very underdeveloped. When we were kids. When we were kids and young adults. Absolutely. And so in the last 15 years, it's changed a lot. 15, even probably 20 years. Did you find when you were away from Chattanooga, you missed it more than you thought you would? No. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't there's no there's yeah no No. I didn't miss it I mean the part of California that I lived in was beautiful and had much more um interest yes I mean it was much more interesting to me at that time sure um than anything here in Chattanooga was and um so, no, I didn't really miss anything here in Chattanooga um, because I didn't really think that there was anything to miss. Um, there wasn't. You were just ready to go and Yeah, see there wasn't a music scene. There was no music scene. Um, there was nothing to do in Chattanooga. There was not really even an art scene yes, um, in Chattanooga that's so at true. all. 
Um, and that was, I, I, I moved in the, between 97, 98, 99, to, you know, 1998, 99. So there was still very little going on in Chattanooga at that time. And um, there wasn't much of any type of scene at sure. that time. Do you feel, though, that the absence of an art scene made you more creative, though? I don't know if I feel like the absence of an art scene here made me more creative necessarily. I've never thought about it that way. I think what drove me to make art was the fact that there, I didn't know very many artists in the area and that, um, to stand out or to be creative was, um, you know, much more fulfilling than, than the alternative. And in my mind, I don't know what exactly I thought the alternative was, but there wasn't it wasn't like there was an opportunity, to, you know, to, you know, I had in 1994, I'd gone to UTC for art, but, um, I, uh, didn't finish at, at, you know, finish school. Um, and I, I felt like it was very, um, confining, um, and very like restrictive. And I was, I mean, I, I was very rebellious and hated school (laughs) and thought it was a complete waste of time and have said many times over that I was much more prolific at creating artwork when you were not in school that when I was not in school right would you consider yourself a self-taught artist oh absolutely yeah there's very little that any it was it sounds very prideful Jen um (laughs) I don't I don't want to come across as that I haven't been inspired or haven't learned things but from others but I, I feel like at at the time and to some degree even now I don't feel like anybody can teach me anything that <laughs> I don't already know sure. or um I also feel like art is one of the things that you definitely either have or don't have like and you're born with it to some degree But I do now as an older, more established art, if somebody expresses to me that they want to be an artist or they wish they could create like I do or they see other artists create, I'm like, Mm. part of it is just the amount of practice and, and applying yourself to the practice of creating. And so I didn't feel, um, that school or others necessarily in the community had the same drive and like the need to create yes yeah and so it wasn't being i mean we had the we had the hunter museum we've had the hunter museum and i grew up going to the hunter museum but it it felt like there was a huge gap between a local artist yes. and a museum artist sure that wasn't necessarily you know 
artists in a museum that aren't even local it's like, artists. It's like it didn't translate into real life at all. Yeah. It was like this thing outside of your world. Yeah. So, um... Do you feel like art was um, encouraged when you were younger, like as a kid? Yeah, I do. Not in the same way that probably my, you know, I mean, specifically my folks, my parents, not in the same way that it would be encouraged now, but I definitely feel like creativity was encouraged and um like there was a creative atmosphere in your house yeah i i absolutely think that my mom was very instant instrumental in mm-hmm. creating a, a a creative atmosphere with a lot of um you know construction paper crafts and popsicle stick <laughs> all that good stuff and cotton balls and Crafty you know, goodness. Dried up craft paint. Yeah. When you're a kid, you're not snobby at all. You're just, you take what's there and you make. Yeah. It's fantastic. It is fantastic because, you know, the options are limitless, you know, once you become, I mean, there wasn't a craft store in Chattanooga. <laughs> there wasn't a art store in Chattanooga growing up. So that I, we were aware of. Um, now, so, um, yeah, when you're a kid, you you do you use just make what it is indiscriminately. That you have. Yeah, yes, that's <laughs> fantastic. Uh-huh. Do you have specific memories, like your first like creative memories of like making? I mean, like anything, like happy, happy, like super joy filled, like creative making moments as like a little cat. Um, I didn't really. There were I did, yeah. There were moments where. I, I remember for Christmas, my folks gave me, you know, a sewing basket with small little remnants of uh, fabric and felt and needles so and good. thread. And I would sew and cross stitch and things like that. Um, that always was a, an outlet, a creative outlet for me is like that. Did you little, follow a pattern? Um, uh, most often not. I mean, I would make, mom would take me to, you know, I guess maybe, I don't know what was, what, what was that? What Joanne Fabrics? No, that was an existing, remember that, um, P&S School Supplies? Yes, P&S School Supplies. Yeah. I remember that. That That was was close to your house as a kid, right? It was actually over near Hamilton Place. Oh, that's right. They were in And now it's like a, what is that place? I don't know. Cheap furniture store anyway <laughs> sorry bargain bargain hunt oh gosh loudness oh uh, how could you replace pns school supplies with a bargain hunt i don't know if it's so wrong i used to love pns school supplies they had all those erasers yes and all those little bins, bins? with yes yeah the bins uh-huh magic bins yeah so she'd get me the little wooden you know, figurines, and I would make dioramas, the little women that's dioramas. So, oh, that's so cool. And make their little clothes and and make little boxes. I mean, there were there was a whole host of creativity when I was young. And then, you know, moving into, like, your middle school, high school years, mm-hmm. there was somewhat of an absence of art, you know, um, you know, an artistic pursuit or creativity. Maybe that's just adolescent angst. Oh, I don't think it was a, I, I only took 
art in junior high, like I think one year, and I made a couple little things. Um, but there were kids in my class, in my classes, that were more artistic, and I was probably more inclined to be like them. And it was, it was more a lot of like copying what kids do, copying mm-hmm. cartoons and cartoon characters and things like that. Not as much, you know, pursuing your my own ideas. Right. Um, Did, were there any like cartoons or shows or movies? that really influenced like your work or that you were like really obsessed with? Um, they're only because of my, I think only because of my mother, one of her favorite, um, illustrators was Mike was, or it was at the time, Michael Hag Hag Hagen. And he would illustrate like the winds, the wind in the willows books oh, that she would yeah. read to us. There were several books that we had of his, and so I was, a, you know, I did really like those um, sort of classical, traditional, yes. realistic um, watercolor, acrylic, oil-painted um, children's book illustrations. I love children's books. Mm-hmm. They make me so happy. Yeah. For me, it was always... Um, Frog and Toad. Yes. And I loved Eloise Wilkins. Yes. I loved her houses, like yeah. how charming they were and how they were just like, so just like the idyllic family home. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> like this magical uh-huh. place with like a Dutch door and like cookies out for the children, you know. As if it's always there. Yeah. As, as if it's always like that. I know, like the homemaker dream. Uh, right. <laughs> so right, funny. right, right. Yeah. I think books were more of an influence on me as a kid than like TV and like oh, yeah. stuff like that. I mean, we had like three channels, like with the TV, like the, burr, burr, the dial. dial, Yeah, you know, and I you mean, got to bang it on the side to get the channel to come in. Oh, yeah. I mean, at one point we had a tiny little black and white TV and a pencil. I was uh, down, down in a, you know, down in what we called the den in our old, you know, family home. Oh, I remember your and den. And the, a pencil rolled under the TV. And in order to get the pencil, I pushed the TV off the table and I broke our only TV. <laughs> it was a tiny little, you know, black and white television. That's so And funny. I remember Captain <laughs> Kangaroo was on the screen and his head, he was talking and his head froze. And mom, mom was like, Kathy, what, what are you, what happened? And I think I was just crushed. I was like, I was just trying to get my pencil. I know. <laughs> That's so And then we funny. didn't have the television for many, many, many years after that. We listened to the radio and That's mom hilarious. read. I feel like we sound like that we're like 200 years old. But I really do think the absence of media makes you so much more creative. Oh, without I a just, doubt. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Makes um, me want to like blow up my TV. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, I think I don't, I don't really need anything to be creative (laughs) (laughs) that's a good thing probably you're never bored like ever yeah well um I wanted to take a little time and talk specifically about your work now I know this is audio so it's not like we're seeing it so if you had to describe your work to someone who hasn't seen it how would you describe your work um I think generally my work is 
um, it is not it's not realism in the sense that it's not hyper realism it's representational and um, I use color that is straight out of a tube I don't typically mix my color so it's not blended um, paintings and I use more geometric shapes that are representational of whatever I'm painting. Um, but I feel like you do paint from life, like your subject matter, like specifically like your plants, like those are, those yeah. are like your real plants. Like I've seen those plants. Yeah, they are, they are, but they represent their, re it's like, um, yeah, but it's not, re you know, it's not realism. In the no, sense it's not like hyper-realism, like C.J. Henry or like Nettie Wakefield or exactly. something like that. Exactly. It's more, it's more representational. So it's, it has a little bit more of an, an uh, you know, a little bit more of a, um, I don't know, uh, probably a little bit more illustrative. Yes. I think I A little always, bit more like graphic sort of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I mean, so my work... I mean, my work has varied over the last 20, 25 years. Um, and I've done a couple different styles of work. But I think more recently, my work is, is acrylic pa painting on watercolor paper. And typically, I don't draw a whole lot of it out before... I start painting. Oh, you don't like plan it like with a pencil, like composition it out. Not a or whole lot. Sketch it no. out. Um, I may paint the background or the, you know, the paper one solid color, uh -huh. a couple different colors, and then do some thick, you know, rough drawing over that first coat of paint on the paper. But I don't always necessarily draw out every single detail of the painting. Wow, I am such a nerd. I'm so opposite. <laughs> yeah, I've a never... lot of layers though. Yeah, I would say that some of my paintings and even some of my more like some of my drawings, my sketchbook drawings mm -hmm. are they tend sometimes to look like woodblock prints. They do. Or yeah. um, they look a little bit, you know, there's a there's a high contrast sometimes. Yes. Um, a higher contrast between Yeah, some colors. of them look almost like a stamp. Mm-hmm, yeah. Or some kind of print. Yep. Where do you think that comes from? Do you think it's from working with Lauren Lutweiler for Maybe time? so. I'm really, I really do enjoy, like, that, that strong sense of positive and negative space, you know. Yes. That was always pretty, I don't know if you can talk about a principle of art as being pretty, you know, influence influencing your work or really being influential in your work right or prominent in my work but the positive negative space um accentuated by the line has always been something i'm interested in absolutely um and feel like that that describes my work what whatever it is whether it's something i've drawn with a gel pen on black paper or you know a painting or a painting on canvas there's a strong line and then there's the geometric shapes and it, I tend to work in the same color palette and have for many years and typically you know it it could in some ways could look not monochromatic but very 
you know, um, I don't know, just very um, subtle in terms of the color. Oh, because your color choices, like Mm -hmm. your palette? Yeah. 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 Do you choose your palettes ahead of time or is it kind of spur of the moment? It's all, all... all spur of the moment or spontaneous or why don't you mix your paints or Ooh, because I feel like you can't <laughs> I'm not criticizing any other artist who mixes their paint no we have to well, I don't care about that I care okay. about what you do uh <laughs> I um I don't like the way it looks I don't like the mixed tone on a brush stroke on my work is it like your need for like a consistency? Like, yeah, because if I layer properly, then I can get a yeah. good color. I can get a good color um, mix from just, you know, putting on a coat of paint, letting it dry, and then only applying the next coat of paint right. in a in a technique that allows the previous color to shot, you know, to it's shine so, or show through. That's so interesting, Kat, because I feel like I've looked at your work for years, and I don't feel like I've ever noticed that because you use so many colors, and there are so many layers. It doesn't feel like, you know, I think sometimes when you say, like, I just use a color out of the tube, people are like, oh, is it like paint by numbers or something? But it doesn't feel like that. Mm -hmm. It feels... I don't know. I mean, it feels very much like a multi-layered, multi-dimensional color palette. Well, and when you refer to a lot of color, a lot of, all of my work on canvas is, um, and this is something I've talked with you about a lot in the past, is any work that I do on canvas is, um, I treat the canvas because I don't like the texture of the canvas at all. I just listened to an artist who said he hates the texture of the canvas, so he sands it like a whole lot so Uh, that it's like smooth, almost like wood. Yeah. Like he prefers wood. Yes. I have not done a lot of painting on wood. We should get you some wood panels and see what happens. I, I don't know if I, I would be able to paint on wood as well. But I cover all of my canvas with tissue paper. You do? Yeah, did you know that? I don't know if I knew that. So I, I just thought you gessoed like a bunch. I don't. I, I cut strips of different colors of tissue paper. Yeah, I know you've done that some in the past. I didn't realize it was like a That's always. all I ever do. If, if it's on canvas. You're trying to make canvas paper. Maybe. A well, I mean, that... that that whole process was developed. I developed that process years ago when I was trying to mix collage, you know, paper and paint. And I never liked, I didn't want a sloppy, more, I didn't, I wasn't really interested in this, a sloppy or really abstract um, look. And I also didn't like the texture of canvas. So I was covering it with tissue paper, right. laying it down with Mod Podge. Or is it Mod Podge? Yeah. And and getting it, the canvas is, you know, the tissue paper on the canvas as smooth as possible. And then that was my, that's what I considered my underpainting. Right. And that's then I would gesso. paint. Yes. yes. And then, I mean, and with that, you can even, I mean, I've done it where, you know, you put a layer of paper, you know, a layer of tissue paper because it's translucent. So. Yeah, it's so good. You can layer the, the, the 
the tissue paper with the Mod Podge as if it's actually big swaths of color. Yes. And 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 then you can you can even wet the Mod Podge a little bit or sand it and then wet it. So I mean you can you can do you can have the same process. And then sometimes I in my early uh, you know when I first started I would then splatter like paint splatter the canvas after the tissue paper and Mod Podge had dried. And then I would go back over and paint the scene that I was painting or the, you know. That's fascinating. So the layers were, were you know, a buildup of the tissue paper, yes. then a splatter. And then sometimes on, like, some of my uh, my work that I did a couple years ago, the symbol and code work that I did, it was like a body of work I did called I remember symbol that. and code. Yes. There were, I would paint a whole pattern and then paint a symbol over it. So yes. They're, I like those. To me, they almost looked um, like a like a crop pattern. Do you know what I mean? Like um, like an overhead view of like a design in a field. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I yeah. loved that series. I think you still have one, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of got my eye on that one. Oh, that's funny. Uh-huh. That's I love funny. it. I think it's so cool because I think. Doesn't have like a white wash over the top, most of it? No? No. Oh, well, it just depends. I mean. And you can see like the patterns underneath. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there's a couple pieces that I have like a lot of color in the first several layers. And then I'll go back over it with a white or a light, lighter color so that there's a high level of contrast between the color. I love it. You know, the background and then the foreground. Yes. So that what you 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 originally see is the foreground which is usually the symbol right and then in the background you see what i considered sort of the code underneath yes that's what i love about it is because i feel like that particular series that you did it has such visual longevity it's Mm. like you could look at it and find something new in it for your whole life. I mean, there's the initial impression of the symbol, but then you could stay for hours looking mm-hmm. at all that underlayer. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's, I, f- I feel like it's like people, you know, that's how people are, you know, so many mm-hmm. layers and like finding out like stories under stories. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's such a good collection. It was such a good mm-hmm. body of work. I love them so much. Thank you. They're very cool. Do you work in series a lot? Um, I think so, yeah. I mean, you've been doing plants for a while now. I have. I mean, I, I really started, when I first really began in my art career, I was doing um, what I called like paper quilts, collages. It was mostly collage, all paper, no paint. Then I moved into a whole body that I called the forest, and it was a huge body of work probably a hundred pieces that were all just trees. I remember the landscapes. trees. I yeah. mean, tons and tons and tons of trees um, and <laughs> landscapes. And, but not in the sense, not in the traditional classical no, landscape. They were way. very abstracty trees uh-huh. with and, lots of shapes. They were happy though. Right. And I was at that time really inspired by graffiti and graffiti mm-hmm. artists and, yes. um, you know, um, and so a lot of my work at that time was just color. The colors that I used were very, still very graphic, 
um, and, and bold. And then I moved into more of the plants and I did a whole uh, passage and pattern. And it was, I mean, the longer tiles, the passage of water through the plant. And so I did a body of work where it was all plants, but there were like pieces of the work that kind of represented, I don't know that it would be water, but just this, you know, the, I guess the cellular, cellular. Like the structure of the yes. plant? Yeah. Yeah. Like almost like an interior, exterior mm-hmm. view of a plant. Yeah. And then, and then I moved into the symbol and code body and now I'm back to plants. Um, huh. Oh, and then I did all those sketchbook pages over oh, the yeah. last, you know, that and was And those all... were dark. Like, they were black. Yeah. Them, right? Did a ton, a ton of sketchbook work in a, in a, in a black sketchbook with, um, like, basically neon. Um, that was wild to see those colors come out. Gel pens. And very, very, like, pattern-oriented. Yeah, super graphic. Like, they could be, um, like, you could do, like, a whole wallpaper series, like... So easy. Yeah. Yeah. Although I think the idea of like trying to get like a pattern that repeats like fries my brain. Like I would hate that. Well, but you would probably love it. You'd well, probably be that, great at it. With the computer, you can do anything. No, I know. <laughs> I just, uh, I find all it's that like, like tedious and like, ugh. Yeah. And, and I like d- getting it to like line up, you know. Uh, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's YouTube tutorials. That makes me crazy. I don't like it. Um, I hear you. Is there any um, of your, I guess, artistic accomplishments that you're most proud of? Like where your work ended up or something you got to do or Mm. something that just surprised you that happened with your work? Like it being published or... Yeah, I mean, in my, I would say kind of in my early to mid years being an artist I was found via Flickr and asked to submit work to two different books and at the time that was amazing and awesome and I couldn't believe that my work was found well and you made the cover right yeah what is the name of that book uh it's called paper quilt collages and that's exactly what you made I did yeah and did they have the title before seeing Mm -hmm. your work are you serious that's so weird uh the the author of the book I guess she found me on on Flickr or maybe the the publisher found me on Flickr and wow that um, was a long time ago. They licensed they licensed the work and then I wrote the DIY or you know the how to instructions for the piece and then I it was surprising to me that one of the pieces one of my pieces landed on the cover and it wasn't even the author's art. I was like that's weird. I was oh, like, the, it's author, wonderful. the author's work isn't even on the front of this book. And then there was a girl, there was a lady woman that I had befriended on Flickr. And she wrote a book about, it's the green guide for artists. And she actually, I submitted work to her book. And that was more about like um, creating artwork that was more um, from sustainable sustainable materials and things oh, like that yeah. where you're the green perspective yeah like, like how do you you know how do you make work that you're not buying new art supplies every single time you're oh making my gosh. a new art piece or well you and i are such hoarders man they should just come talk to us 
Oh, I don't know. Uh, if I'm maybe to some degree, maybe a hoarder, I don't know that I'm a hoarder exactly, but I used to collect a lot you of paper. You used to collect so much stuff. Like, I feel like that's one thing that I love about your paper mm-hmm. quilts so much is because like, to me, they just look like, like years and years of like being like mm. in your home. Cause your home looks like you and it looks mm. like your art and like your art looks like your home. And it's like so many I felt like your quilts were like a representation of like your collections and like Mm -hmm. your love for like vintage and like I don't know like I've never seen someone's art look so like parallel to their lives before yeah like it's really cool yeah. Like, cause I still have your blue paper quill and oh, like, okay. it lives in my studio and it just makes oh, me happy. That's cool. Yeah. It's got the bird on it. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I love do. It. And Very there were, you, yeah, I do remember. I mean, they were, um, more like, they were all monochromatic. Yes. So if it was, yes. it was blue every bit of paper or anything involved in that specific place was blue. Yes. You know, in that specific piece was blue. And I did a ton of those. Um, you did a ton of those. Yeah. I remember those forever. Mm, being published was really cool. And I've gotten a, a couple city grants from the city of Chattanooga. And those were really, really cool experiences. Yeah, because your work ended up on one of the buses, didn't it? Or a shuttle or something? No, I was... I thought it was in one of the rap, like, public art things. It was not. It was on the fence. It was on the fence. That's what it was. Okay. There on Main Street before there was anything on Main Street. Uh, public Arts had put out a FPQ for... Um, artists to submit their proposals and so um I that was had, like before Southside was Southside yeah I mean create they, here was there yeah I but that was that, that was kind of it I mean there wasn't much else going on on going on down there on Main Street so there were these large open parking lots that were gated most of them like with chain link fences and so it was not as aesthetically pleasing no. And so they, you know, the city had asked artists to submit their proposals right. to kind of cover up or um, not beautify a fence. Yeah. 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 So I, I remember that because you had to deal with like the elements and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because of the were... banners. <laughs> yeah. The banners coming. So I, I've had, I think I had 20 banners lining 20 by 10, 20 banners that were like 20 feet long by 10 feet tall. And That's it covered huge. 200 square feet of a fence. 200 square feet, I think so. And Was that so satisfying to see your work that yeah, big? Yeah, that was probably, yeah. That's because being, wanting to always have, you know, being or being inspired or wanting to always have done graffiti. Yes. It was sort of that experience of putting my work up in a very large format and seeing it along 200 feet of a street on the sidewalk it had a very um you know I bet that was satisfying like big big large, impact yeah. yeah would you want to do mural work in the future mm, I've done a few of 
you know, some wall paintings and things. Well, you just did that wall painting yes. for your interior design yeah. work. The gold wall. Yes. I love the gold wall. Yeah. Have that... you had like a million people ask you to do gold walls Not a house? ton. I'm surprised because it's so cool. <coughs> it looks I think, so uh, good. I don't know what people's perception of that is, really. I mean, I think they were, you know, support. You know, I've definitely received, you know, some some kind compliments and I was about to say I saw those Instagram comments they looked pretty support. rave review but I you know I think um folks are fearful of doing that kind of thing in their own <laughs> home you know I mean, that's true they're not they're necessarily not as, they're uh, not as bold yeah they're not I mean I I did this I did the feature while you're referencing for a client and they're converting you know we remodeled a home that they have to for vacation rental so this feature wall was really like I was inspired by tile you know some tile that yes. I saw and it was marble and brass and I, I knew that I could I could kind of replicate that pattern and but making it that big like oh, a it's full huge. wall like it's, it's so I it's so satisfying it's, it's probably the largest I mean I did a large mural when I was way young in a Sunday school classroom um, at my church at the time. And it was huge and it took me forever to do. And I mean, very long. It had so many colors and so many different things going on in Did it. Did you enjoy that process or um, was it just like tedious? And, I don't know. Ugh. I don't even remember really how I felt about it. I mean, I think at the end I was just like over it. But... <laughs> And I did finish it. I mean, they, at one point, I think somebody, whoever was helping, you know, had asked me to paint that mural in the Sunday school classroom. They were like, now, Kat, we really need you to come back and finish. And I was like, oh, do I have to? I'm so Please over no. it. Because, I mean, those things are not easy, but. No. And, you know, once you get half of it up there, you're committed. Like, you have to finish. You just think it's going to do it all by itself. Yeah. But no, this mural, you know, this, I, I don't know if I would consider it a mural because it's not really, I guess it is, you know, in this house that we did, you know, that I did it in, and it's probably the largest piece of work that I've done. Yeah. Um, it's straight big. paint to, yeah. you know, paint to wall. Um, and it's, I think it's like nine by 12. It's, it's pretty it's large. Big. Yeah. yeah. And you did that all like hand? Well, you used tape and then... Well, I gridded the wall first. That's smart. So I, I, drew, I drew, you know, a pencil grid on right. the wall so that I would have, you know, level. Right. Because I, I, I did want it to look like tile had been applied to the right. wall. But the expense of tile is so much greater than... Uh, could have been much more greater for the budget than, yeah. than what I was able to provide. And so... Um, yeah, I gridded the wall and then proceeded to tape out the the segments that I wanted to paint gold. Um, so Man, that is so much work. Yeah, but you know, I was it was surprisingly not as I didn't have to plan any of that out. It wasn't like I didn't really I didn't draw it out. I didn't I I knew what shapes I wanted to yeah to incorporate. I knew how the tape would be applied. I mean, I think my, my, the only moment I had of, of slight concern was I, I had gotten it all taped up and I had a tube of gold paint here at the house and 
I took it up with a paintbrush and I painted a portion of the wall with the paintbrush and it looked like terrible bad news. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, oh no, how am I going to paint this wall with a paintbrush that's like, you know, right. half an inch. Oh gosh. I was like, I don't really know how to actually apply the paint to the wall. <laughs> I mean, I the only other time I've, you know, I've painted walls before I did with a paintbrush. Right. But a gold paint is not as, it's not, it's opacity is not as great. Right. Or the pigment, excuse me. So, um, it's like, oh no, how am I going to do this? So I was able to find the gold paint that I wanted in bigger, you know, containers. Right. And then I found mini rollers. Oh, that's tiny, awesome. Tiny mini rollers and rolled yeah. it on. There we go. Which gave a nice even finish texture. kind yeah. of yeah. yeah oh so, man um tools are everything yeah and sometimes I mean I I was like after that I I mean that was the point where I was like oh dear um, <laughs> oh dear <laughs> I'm not exactly sure how this is gonna go down well it and, came off beautiful thanks it looks so good it, I love that I'm wall with... it makes me want to do things to my house big time yeah, I I, th- I definitely think people should take, you know, some... Take some risks. Take some risks. If you need to be inspired, you need to look at Kat's Instagram. Yeah. You'll want to take risks after yeah. that. I don't, uh, you know, it's like your hair. It's going <laughs> to grow. It's going to grow. You can It'll paint be okay. over it. Yes. You know? Exactly. I mean, yeah, paint over it. Who cares? Well, I wanted to talk just a little bit real quick about just your studio practice. Like... Mm. Your studio is in your home. Yeah, it's in my home. I have... I guess technically you share it with Nano, right? Yes, I do. He uh, he has a small bit of it for himself. <laughs> a small bit? Um, <laughs> your studio is big. It is big. I'm so thankful. It was. It's such a cool space. I think um, the previous... The first owners of the house had probably enclosed their two-car garage, so it's probably... I think it's 400 square feet. That's a lot. Is that 20 by 20? Because before this, were you at Chattanooga Workspace? Was that where you were? Before this, my studio was over in our house in Jefferson Heights. Oh, that's right. That's right. For a minute. You know, while we were there, I think we were there for a little under two years. Before that, I did have a studio space out of the home. Right. Did Um, you like having a studio space outside your home? I did, but I don't know that I felt as... I always, I don't It feels separate from your life a little bit. Yeah, I think that's... I don't like that. That's the... That's the for key. me. Yeah, I, I relate to that. I think, you know, it's a phase of life thing, right? I yeah. mean, like there are people who need the space because they don't, yes. A, have it in their house or, you know, they've had, they've married, have children. And so their home is really their family space. Right. And so there's not the space to have an art studio as well. I mean, I think it's definitely like a phase of life. For sure. Thing. But I, I think more and more artists have their studios in their in their home. You know, I don't... There are, I mean, there are still artists over at Chattanooga Workspace, but, right. you know, I think it's 50-50, you know, if you've got the space in your home. Sure. You're, you're most likely going to work from home. Well, and I think... For me, at this stage of life, having a studio in my home, I work more. 
because it's that, easier. I don't have, it's not one step removed. I don't have to get in my car. That's exactly right. That's like really crucial to That's me. exactly right. Are there certain habits or kind of routines that you have as a part of your studio practice? Um, that's a good question because I'm not a person who... Well, I don't know that there's any routines that I necessarily have, but I don't, I, I, I think one of the things that's unique is that as a painter, I don't use an easel and I've never used oh, an easel. True. So I actually lay my paintings flat on a table and paint seated most of the time. I right. mean, I do stand if the painting is large, but I, I've always thought that that, I look at artists who paint on easels and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you don't I, want to do that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh-uh. <laughs> so funny. I am not. I that is. is a, it, does this feel ominous to you? Oh, it feels like a lack of control. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it just feels like just by would, moving it. That's hilarious. I would just if it was up here, I would never because you know all my work has these very fine lines oh, and I these know. straight lines and and so and I'm I'm like obsessed about the line. <laughs> And if I'm at, on an easel, there's no way that I'm going to stand and get it right. Yeah. Yeah. And so if it's, if the canvas is on the table and it's flat, then I'm able to actually, you know, create it how you want it. Yeah. I totally understand that. And I think that's, you know, I mean, if I was doing any other, I don't know, you know, I mean, you're a collage artist, I would. You know, in an illustrator, you sit, you know. Yes. You're not you're not standing at an easel creating nope. your body of work. So, I mean, that's kind of unique. I mean, I've never, never... I mean, classes in school were on an easel. And right. I, I mean, if you want to be... You know, if, you're, if your style is flourishy and painterly and all of that, right. there's just not a or lot of... Or if you're doing, like, figure drawing. It totally Absolutely. makes sense. I feel yeah. completely comfortable like that. But if I'm, like, working on my books, like, I want it on a table, like, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like working at like a certain time of day? You know, I've always felt like I was much more pro, uh, you know, um, motivated or at night. Yeah. You've you always know? been a little uh-huh. bit of a night owl. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's probably, it's probably ruined my life in so many <laughs> ways. years off your life. Oh, probably Oh, so. for sure. Yeah. But you know what? It's quiet and it's all your own and it's so nice. Yeah. I mean, I felt... I've, I felt all kinds of things at night, you know, painting, yeah. but I don't know that I've ever felt as much during the daylight hours, you know. Isn't that funny? Um, and I, I do, I do feel like I can, I can move quick, not that I need to move fast through a piece, but I'm much a- more able to like, you know, free my mind in order yes. to take it to the, to the canvas. That's the key, I think, is yeah. like letting your mind... Uh-huh really work and that takes a while sometimes it does so I think I mean that's am I I I mean now if I'm doing a drawing I'm I'm gonna sit and watch tv and draw (laughs) um I've kind of moved past the sketchbook drawings for right now um and now that I'm doing more like interior design work and things like that I'm not as much in the studio I'm working on a couple pieces for some folks but um you know um, and I have, you know, I'll work on a body of work for a studio sale later sure. in the year, but 
I don't know that, um, you know, I have any specific practices. I like my coffee at night. I like my caffeine at night. That's, kind of, that's part of the, the terrible things that I've... Oh, come on. We have very little vices left. Oh, I don't know. You got to you gotta have, give yourself one yeah. or two. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. yeah. Coffee at night, my music, you know. So you, you like to listen to music while I you do, work. yeah. Do you listen to podcasts? No. No. You probably know this, right? Did I tell you this already? Well, you know me. I'm always like, Kat, you got to listen to this podcast. And you're like, ugh, please stop. <laughs> I don't listen to many podcasts. I listen to them all the time. Um, which is terrible, right? Because <laughs> now you can listen I'm to this to one. Listen to yours. <laughs> I'm like, oh so my funny. Gosh. Oh. That's okay. Yeah, like I, I've been listening. True confessions with Kat. I've listened to a couple different podcasts. I mostly, I mean, the most of any podcast I've listened to is a beautiful mess. I'm gonna just, I like, I want to oh. plug Elsa, Elsie, and Emma, um, because I, I do like them. You podcasts. like them? Yes, yeah. I do. Um, and that's. I, I feel like they're more than just like DIYers, bloggers, you know, influencers. I feel, yeah, I don't <laughs> even feel like that, you know. I don't even feel like they're influencers. I just think they're like really cool sister girls that are like, you know, doing their thing. And yeah. it, it feels light. I don't, I'm not really, I've, I've kind of uh, moved away from being, you know, an intellectual. And I'm not as interested in hearing or reading or anything. It's sort of strange, but I, I love listening to music. there are different seasons for different things. There's, oh, that's probably fair to say. There, I mean, because, oh gosh, <laughs> like there have been times where your reading was like, Kat, I don't even, I couldn't even get through like one page of what you're reading. Like <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, yeah, I think there are different seasons when you're like geared for that, geared up for that, like ready to be in that headspace. And mm. then other times when now it's like more of a making time. Mm-hmm. I just think there are different seasons for different things. Yeah, that's, that's very true. At least that's, that's why I tell fair. myself to feel better about yeah. not being super <laughs> academic. <laughs> so yeah. funny. I love listening to music. I mean, my number one top, 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 uh, Musician, writer is Sufjan Stevens. And oh, I thought you were going to say Leonard Cohen. Yeah, but he he's dead and <laughs> he's not producing <laughs> oh, any more music. Out. I mean, he, did, true, he was. But he, what a legacy. Yeah, yeah. He but did. you're right, Sufjan is. He's I mean, it, that would be a dream. I don't know if you have that in your, like, questions. Like, what would be my dream, like a dream thing? Yeah, a dream. yeah. Tell me your dreams. I want, I want to um so you know i want to create a body of work for sufyan for his his albums i've never expressed this dream before okay well i think it's important to put it out there because when you put it out there it might come back to you i I might i'm just it might happen yeah i well i don't know put it out in the universe see what happens i mean i'm not trying to like get all up in sufyan's face but <laughs> but if anybody out there in the world has a connect, let him know that I make, I will make really awesome art. He his the artwork he chooses for his album, his albums and his oh, album man. artwork is typically just like really right up my alley. But in addition to just doing his album artwork, I want to when he goes on tour for this said album. 
I want to do, do sets. The set. Yes. I do. And he did um, his last one of his. He can put the unicorn to shame. Remember the the Christmas unicorn uh, like. Uh, I don't know. For his holiday show. Oh my god. I'm gosh. not bringing it back. Oh. <laughs> it and was, the that was a it, sing-along. That was just Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, that that was that is in my top concert going moments. Yeah. It ranks up there. It was magic. It, it had so something good. that was just word you know, without word was he, he his carry and lull set was projected and at oh, one point yeah. I mean, this is also sort of embarrassing. I cried through that whole entire concert. <laughs> That's okay. It was so... I cried during the sing-along. Oh. It was so moving and so beautiful. I don't think I even have a crush on anyone but but Sufjan. I mean, like my husband and Sufjan, and that's, <laughs> that's it. And so he projected on these whatever things on stage... And all of a sudden they came up and they looked very stained glassy and they looked like my work. And I was like, oh my Ooh. gosh. And I have pictures of that show. Um, but I always felt like I wanted, that would be, that would be a killer dream. I oh, mean, yeah. I'd die. Uh, and, you know, I'd go the distance. I mean. <laughs> I'd do the and work. And I'm real interested in kind of doing it and like, hey, it, you we can collaborate to some degree and, and if, I mean, I'd like to be paid, but if, if you just need to see something that I can do, I will give myself freely to the cause <laughs> because I think his music represent, I mean, when I paint, I feel like I, I want, or I want so badly to paint his music. Yes. That's how I feel. Yeah. And so when I paint, dream. I really try to, yeah. I mean, I think some of his new work is maybe sci-fi-y. I don't know if it's sci-fi. I, I don't know. I'm not going to analyze his. Sure. Whoever made that. That's a good dream, I, though. I, yeah, that's it. That sounds like magic. That's it. You'd I be mean, great. Like, You'd be perfect. The, that's the top. Is there anything coming up that you want people to know about? Oh, my goodness. Um, there's a lot of things that are coming up. <laughs> <laughs> You've been a busy bee. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're not necessarily all artistic, although it will fulfill a great creative, it is a great creative outlet. I'm focusing um, a lot of my time on interior design work for clients. Um, so that is my yeah. big, that's my, that's been my focus. Um, I was telling you earlier, you know, you're like, well, are you going to start an interior design business? And I'm like, you know, I'm just giving this a go. Yeah. I have always enjoyed working within my own home and my own space. You have a very identifiable aesthetic. Like I can look at something and be like, that's a cat collier. Yeah. So I, I think it's interesting to kind of see how that is with whole spaces. Yeah. Like not just like a piece of artwork, like a space. Yeah. Like I think it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. I, 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 I'm glad you said that. I mean, that's, I mean, you almost like are, are taking what I think or what I feel and just putting it into words because, um, you know, as an interior designer, I do think that you, you do develop an aesthetic and people are only going to hire you for that specific aesthetic. Yes. You know, and so they're only going to look for 
if you are using these kinds of materials, these colors, they're going to look for that. Right. In, right. In the interior designer that they choose. It's definitely like having your own like kind of like thumbprint sort of. Absolutely. It's so cool. And it is, it has that same, it does tie into that whole Sufjan Stevens doing a set design where yeah. like I'm taking my art and my vision and my aesthetic and putting it into like you said spaces. Yes. So we'll see how that goes. You know, I mean, that um, I, I think without... I want you to publish a book when you're done. Of the interior design yes. spaces? Okay. Because, guys, if you go on, like, Kat's Instagram, she has a picture of a before and after of her den, and oh. it's fantastic. I want to see, like, a whole book of hey, those. Hey, but, like, you know, I mean, that It'd was only so paint. Good. That was only paint. Not, but... It's no, no, no. It's not just paint. It's like a whole <laughs> styling. Like I could look at your bookcases for like five years, Aww. and like your like mantle decorations. Like oh my Aww. gosh. Like no, it's not just paint. It's cat in a space. Well, and that's the thing is like with art or interior. You should design. call it cat in a space. What is call cat in a space? My new, yes. my new interior design. You're like you're never allowed to name anything ever again, Jen. It's cat in space. Cat, cat in a space. Cat in a space. In a I N A. Yeah. In a space. That That's so funny. Cool. It sounds like a DJ name or something. It does. Yeah. Cat in a space, like all one word. There you Ooh, go. I'll give it some thought. I'm sure you'll go with that. I will. I, <laughs> no judgment. No judgment. I'm going to go ahead and trademark that and copyright there you that. Go. You heard Brand it here it. first. Oh, yes. my gosh. Yeah. Um, so funny. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where I'm headed. I mean, I think art, I'd like to get back to making some art. I've got a couple pieces I'm working on for one of my clients. And then I, um, my mom um, has asked me to paint a painting for her um, that is very specific. Um, of course. So, I will be sharing and showing those and then um we'll see where this interior design phase of my artistic career is going that's right is that, is that yeah it is, is it is an artistic career yeah creative career yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i don't think a creative career has to be just artwork or just illustration or just interior design i think it'd be all those things yeah i think it's good to have all those things because you never know what the market's going to do Oh, yeah. I, I don't... mean, there are sometimes people just don't buy $500 paintings. This is true. This is I true. I mean, you know, but they might want their den redone. This is true. That's a very good point. I yeah. Even... See, you're diversifying. I don't even think ah. so much, Jen. I don't. I mean, my head is very full of a lot of ideas. That's why your head's a magical place but to I be. But uh, I don't, I don't think I think future and 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 imagine myself in the future too much. I just think about like the day and what I'm going to do today. Yeah. And like, how do you want this day to feel? And how much can I put into this day? Yeah. <laughs> that's, oh, you that's put how I, a lot in. You're a busy girl. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not sure. any more busier than anybody else. It's just. No, but I think, you know, you use your time really well. We'll just get, we're just going to give it the best we can. That's right. That's right. Um, okay. Cat, to finish up our time together. Are you ready for the Chattanooga quick round? Yeah. I <laughs> saw like, this. I don't know. I was like, is this really, is this really good? She's really going to do this. Okay. I really am. Yeah, I'm ready. Because I'm ready. there are Chattanooga specific things that we know about and that people listening will know about and we should hear your is take on it them. Is incriminating? Self- no. Oh, okay. Self- no. Okay. Okay. Um, All right. Okay. Do you 
Well, first of all, do you like Chattanooga? Do yeah. you enjoy living in the scenic city? Yes. Yes. Okay, what is your favorite outdoor spot in Chattanooga? We have so many beautiful, beautiful oh, places. Do. It's so hard. And I'm going to sound really, um, I don't care how I sound. I absolutely love uh, refle- Reflection Ride. I knew you were going to say and that. I think it's because it was close to your home as a kid. It was, and we went there, and it was the probably one. Of, I mean, I have memories of Red Clay uh, yes. State Park, and I have memories of Point Park and Raccoon Mountain. I mean, the things that have been here forever are the yes. places that I still love. You know. I yes. Mean, um. So I I do I I I told Nate I was like I'm gonna start volunteering at the reflection ride. <laughs> He's like okay. And I was like, when are you? He's gonna like, do? do I have to do it too? <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find how how I can do this and. Of course, months have gone by, but that would be my favorite spot. Got it. What is um, your favorite nighttime spot, like a going out spot? Oh. Oh, that's a good one. It is because... We have a lot of good spots now. It's not like when we were growing up and there was nothing to do but run loose in the town and climb on things that we weren't supposed to climb on. There's a few. There's a few spots. I mean, I'm not as young as I used to be, so I mean, those... (laughs) those, the spots where I feel like I really want to be at are not as, uh, they're a little fewer and far between. Um, but if we're going to go out at night, oh my word, I don't even have an idea. I mean, the South side area is beautiful. I mean, and we live in Hickson. So, I mean, you don't have like a favorite spot, like a romp spot that you would always pick. It's always a good idea. Well, um, no, I don't. You're think. like, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I feel so stupid. I mean, like, no, there's some good you don't have spots to have one. down. I mean, I feel like we used to have some. I mean, there's some things that, like, Nano and I really enjoy doing. But, I mean, our favorite Hickson restaurant is Sidetrack. Oh. And so, I mean, if we're going to do a night out, yeah, it's usually going to be a Friday night, and we'll do we'll do sidetrack and yeah. that's like five minutes down the road. And I absolutely adore that restaurant. You do. I do. It is so wonderful. I'm not trying to get any kind of thing from that. I'm just, <laughs> that's okay. I'm just we are not, speaking yeah. from my heart. Nobody, <laughs> There's no sponsorship here. Yes. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Well, if you were going to bring back an old Chattanooga spot, something yeah. that is no longer around that used to be, what would you bring back? Uh, the Attic or oh, the yeah. Chameleon or something like that. I mean, I know JJ's is around. I haven't been to JJ's in probably like seven or eight years or nine or ten. It feels good just knowing that's there, uh, though. But, I mean, I love going to the Attic um, because of pub quiz and oh, yeah. I don't know. I liked... We spent some time there. And I mean, I I uh, enjoyed that time there and um, other established. I mean, attic. I liked the chameleon and what was it when it was after chameleon? It was something. And I know uh, people will talk about that. I I don't know if like those are cool places. I don't want to go back to being who I was during no, that time. But no, I like those places. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was fun. Yeah. <laughs> There's just some old Chattanooga spots that would be nice if they still around. Just real quick, what would yours, what do you have? Oh, Stone Lion. Well, I was about to Every say time. that, but I was like, oh my gosh, that and place Lamar's. is riddle. Oh, Lamar's. Oh my gosh. That, 
a stone line just riddled with crazy things. Yes. But crazy I have things. like, I don't know. I just, it, it was just a go-to spot. It was just yeah. always so fun to be there. It was fun. It was a blast. And you could get the whole picture of Turbo Dog. It was awesome. I know. That's right. Back in the day. That's right. That's yeah. Right. I drove by there not too long ago. And they There was still the stone statue. Of the lion. Yeah. I don't know if it's still there. I'll have to look sometimes. I know. It's so crazy. It is crazy. Okay. Um, what do you think uh, you would like to see develop in Chattanooga? Like, what do you think the city mm. needs? You know, I, I'm not a, uh, I think the city is developing a lot, yes. a lot, a lot, a lot. It's And things forward. are happening, um, that I don't even have a clue about, um, that might fulfill my wishes. Um, you know, I think as an artist, there still is a, enough gallery representation and there's... Do you still believe in the gallery system? Uh, for artists not really um, <laughs> <Yeah>. not <laughs> <laughs> but you want there to be more of them yeah, yeah yeah because I'm like are y'all serious like we but see Chattanooga has left sort of that art there's not as much of an art scene as there used yeah, to be that's true when we were in our 20s I mean there was more of an art scene back then than there to me there is now now it's all techie startup you know um, techie startup entrepreneur, entrepreneur, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I'm making up words, but like, I think there's gotta be more. I mean, I think there are people who are working on it. They're working on the street art scene. They're working on, you know, public art. They're working, they're working, but it's all city public. It's, it's like, there's nobody here in, I'm not going to say nobody. I'm just not aware of anybody in Chattanooga who's building out galleries and building out really specific, you know. And I think it's going to have to be an artist, you sure. know. I mean, I, there's an article uh, that just hit out on Instagram that talks about the fact that artists are the ones that are going to have to open their up own, open oh, up their yes. own galleries. Well, it's definitely like, I, th- I feel like the... The climate that we're in culturally is definitely like self-starter, like yeah, entrepreneur yeah, climate. And yeah. that entrepreneur, like as artists, artists, art, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that is, I think, where we're headed. And I think if you want to do things in the future, I think you're probably going to have to do it yourself. Well, and that's why I open up my studio once yeah. or twice a year, because I that's, that's my smart. gallery. Yeah. I mean, but I still think, you know. There's just, I mean, there's just a handful of galleries in Chattanooga. Yes, that's, that's true. And it's, it's not a, it's not a fluid. I don't think it's as fluid as it could be. And maybe it'll change, but it's, and it's definitely not super diverse. I don't think. Right. Um, so those are honest answers. Yeah. I like them. Yeah. I'll take whatever you got. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right. Well. I think that about wraps up for today. Um, listeners to get in on what Kat's been up to, you can check out catcolliermartinez.com. C-A-T-C-O-L-L-I-E-R-M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z. I did it. Woo! Yes, that's right. And that's your Instagram handle too, oh, yeah. right? Facebook, yeah. Instagram, 
TikTok. Yeah, that, are you on TikTok? <laughs> I just joined. Did you really? Oh yeah, my god! did you? Are you? No. My kids do all that stuff, oh, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm checking it out. Wow. I haven't posted anything. Okay. I mean, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look. I'm going to watch. I don't know what's going to so... see what you do. Okay. Okay. TikTok. Make sure all right, guys. Thank you for joining us and Thanks, chatting Jamie. about some art cat. Thank you for being here and being the first. Inaugural. That's right. All right. Peace. We love you guys. We're out. All right, Chat Art listeners, that about does it for today. Thank you for joining us for this very special, very first episode of the Chat Art Podcast. Thank you to Cat Collier Martinez for sharing your wisdom and your work with us. Thank you for all your stories. That was super fun. You can find her at catcolliermartinez.com. She's also on Instagram at catcolliermartinez. Um, and also a big thank you to Josh Green of Permanent Record Drums. He uh, designed this beautiful music track for me for this podcast. So if you need your own track for a project you're working on, go to joshgreendrums.com. You won't be sorry you did. It's a land full of wacky sound and beautiful experiences. So go there, check that out. Um, If you don't want to miss a podcast, go ahead and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And um, to see the work that we've been chatting about, go to chatart.net and you'll get to see pictures of all Kat's beautiful work and her projects. It's C-H-A-T-T-A-R-T dot net. And that's where you can keep up to date and that way you won't miss anything. Um, I'm going to try and do these podcasts twice a month. So on to the next. Stay tuned. Don't miss it. Thanks for chatting about some art.